I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my a real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The real Brian show. Welcome back. It is week two already. We are already at the fifth episode of The Real Brian Show. I get to talk with the dude who was asked to announce all of the wrestling at the 2016 Olympics in Rio this year. He's got quite a story to share on that, as well as his journey embracing his inner nerd and where it has brought him today. Hey, this is Jeremy, the spider pan of the Neverland podcast. My superpower is pixie dust. In fact, you need to keep a pixie in your pocket. By that, I mean a young at heart and good attitude. And pixie dust, remember, is something you are supposed to share with others. I've been going to this high school for seven and a half years. I'm no dummy. Let's rock it! Welcome to The Real Brian Show. I am The Real Brian. Thank you so much once again for coming back. Week two here. Episode five already. Hope you're enjoying the show. Hope you're having a good time. And if you are enjoying the show, then please do share it. I mean, seriously, I'd I'd love for you to tell your friends and family and local alien residents, you know, anybody seriously that's around you, just let them know because you know what? Gosh darn it. If we don't share this show, then what's the point, right? I mean, I told you that I I don't like to talk to myself. Uh, I used to, right? You know, it's just, I don't know. It's not as fun anymore. I like to talk to people. It's a little bit, I don't know. I think it's more exciting, but, you know, maybe it's just me. I'm not sure. I am so excited to talk with Jason Bryant today. That's the man who, uh, well, first of all, some of you know Jason. He's a funny guy. Really cool guy, by the way. But he got asked to announce all of the wrestling at the 2016 Olympics in Rio this year. It was so cool. Such a neat neat thing for him but he's got a great journey uh, and I think it's really cool too to see where he's come because when I when I first met him a couple of years ago he was doing his thing and it's just continued to grow and expand and now here he is today rocking it up and having a great time he's got a good story though so do do stick around for this one it's going to be great all right one thing I'm going to say here is uh, if you are interested in supporting the real Brian show helping to get this thing moving forward got a bunch of ideas that I want to bring in patreon.com slash real Brian show. All of that, by the way, is on the website at real There's a, a link to it. Check it out. See what you think. You can see kind of what some of the goals are that we're going to be doing here. And if it's something that interests you, then let's rock it. All right. I'm going to jump into our chat here with Jason because I want to make sure that uh, he has plenty of time to share what he's doing. So Jason, welcome to the real Brian show. Greetings, sir. Truly a sight to behold. It's amazing. It's intriminating. It's I don't know what I'm mixing. I'm mixing Tom Brokaw and Howard Cosell. But that's all that matters because the entire episode today will be in these voices. Mm. Or not. Or not, you see. (laughs) Mm, That's a good idea, too. Mm, Take down two points he has. (laughs) Always wanted to do a wrestling match in the style of Yoda. You should have done that at the Olympics. Um, not if I wanted to get paid. <laughs> are, are, are we ready to rock it? Or has that been, uh, is that something we, we can't um, say anymore? Are you kidding? 
That's like that's every show, man. Okay, I was every. gonna say I was a let's rock it. Yes, thank you. No, right. are, are you? That's not a profit cast thing. That's a that's the real Brian shit. Okay, that's a you thing. thing. That's it's not a, a that's thing. not show specific. That's not copyrighted for a simple 110 episodes of profit cast, which uh, you may or may not have heard me on here on uh, the real Brian hosting. <laughs> Dude, this is what we get. I serve a society by rocking. Rocking ain't a walk in the park. Well, remember, you can still rock in America. Yes, let's rock that was, it. Is that a Spinal Tap reference. Uh, well, you know, you know, but it, it could be a long. Know, I, I can't know every move. I just can't. I I possess a wealth of useless knowledge. I can't know it all. You, well, you could. I could, but I might not be married. I definitely wouldn't have two children. <laughs> well, that was School of Rock. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that movie once, and it was opening oh, night. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, no, I actually didn't even see it opening night. I got uh, School of Rock. I actually got movie passes. Interesting. For a preview of it at MacArthur Center Mall in Norfolk, Virginia, like a week before it came out from the campus radio station that I worked at in college. So, uh, that yes. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was. That was uh, 2000 and I want to say three, 2004 in that range. Somewhere in there, yeah. Well, it was funny because uh, I, I thought about the movie the other day and I thought, oh yeah, I haven't watched that in a long time. I need to go back and watch it. That was in, in Jack Black's heyday of, uh, oh, yeah. you know, he was somewhat funny. And then I think he just kind of jumped the shark a little bit. And I was like, ah, you know what? That Tenacious D thing is cool. Then you made a movie out of it. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. The pick of Destiny was uh, the pick of mediocrity. If, if I mean, I do like songs off that soundtrack, but, uh, you know, punk rock tried to destroy the metal and they failed. I kind of feel like, and, and, you know, I know we're, we're talking movies cause you know, man, big what movie. are we talking about? Well, we'll get into <laughs> yeah. it, but right now movies are the thing because I tell you, man, movies are my, yeah, I, I'm a huge, you and I are both movie quarters, which is great. But yes. My wife actually counted 15 times uh, with, at one point she just counted 15 on one given day that I spouted out a movie quote. 15. She assumed the ones she didn't know 15 times throughout the course of a day. I had oh. spouted out a movie quote in just general conversation. So uh, I'm sure it's a lot more than that because she was counting things that she thought were quotes as quotes. Uh, I was going to say you're slipping up. I'm expecting more like 15 things an hour. Oh, well, I, well, she's not sitting next to me 24 hours a day. Oh, there, so. Okay, there we go. So we're good then. Now, well, you know, it's funny. You're talking about Jack Black and somebody brought up Billy Madison the other day and I thought, oh, yeah, that was back when Adam Sandler was doing some really funny stuff. And I haven't seen anything recent from him, but I've heard that the humor just, you know, here's the thing. It's either lost on, you know, younger movie viewers because it's a, it's a different type of humor that we don't see in a lot of modern movies or they just don't have anything else funny to say. Yeah. The grownups cl uh, flicks were kind of funny. I never click saw those. was, I remember click being absolutely just deplorable and I didn't even attempt the cobbler. It's just like, uh, eh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think funny people was actually serious, but kind of funny. Or I think that was was it funny people where him and Seth Rogen. Um, you know, I didn't see that. I saw ones. that. That wasn't that was that was wasn't terrible. I mean, they they had some puns there, taking shots at Elizabeth Banks movies and stuff like that with you know Judd <laughs> Apatow. I mean, that was kind of funny stuff there. They were making sure. fun of themselves, but uh, yes, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here thinking to myself when I was buying Adam Sandler CDs in high school, like, they're all gonna laugh at you. And then sometimes it'd be like I'll walk by, I'll be like, biblioteca, biblioteca, and like one person understands that's from the severe beating <laughs> of a high school uh, high school Spanish teacher. So so these things just, I mean, I guess you can't beat up teachers anymore. It's, it's 
comedy. I mean, we were it's like yeah. our pre-show. We were talking about movies you can't make anymore just because of the offensive factor. I mean, beating up a high school janitor is probably there's probably a hate crime for that now. So Sandler can't do that. Oh, yeah. All the stuff that's funny for our generation is is pretty much offensive. It's a, that's it's, a good point here, and I'm trying to figure this one out now too because. Yeah, you and I were talking about that. We can't say that. Oh, that's funny. And I'm like, oh, I remember that. That was a funny movie quote. You know, we can't say that nowadays because people get so offended. And this show, let me put it this way. I am very much politically incorrect, but I will respect people. So, you know, take that for what it is, right? I'm going to respect you regardless. I don't care. But this whole politically correctness crap. Oh, my gosh. It drives me crazy because it takes respect out of the equation just to make a statement. But that's not what we're talking about. No, no, because I hate talking politics and I hate talking religion. So uh, you're yeah. not going to get either. And the political correctness is starting to get in that realm, too. But what, what I want to yeah. watch, politi- be politically incorrect, I'll sit there and watch South Park and be like, this is great. <laughs> but what I want to know is this. What can we even make fun of anymore? Where, where, you know, what do we do with humor anymore if we can't even do anything like we did? In I our- think of every joke I said or heard in middle school. And I'm like, and now as an adult, I say that. I'm like, ooh, yeah. But I mean, yeah. you know, there's the harmless factor of it. Now kids are getting suspended for things like that. Oh and it's my like, gosh. oh, this litigious society. I mean, you know, yeah. So, yeah, craziness. No, I- Everything is becoming a political movement. It's like the mall shooting that happened in Minnesota. The off-duty cop that actually pulled the firearm and, and took down the guy who was stabbing people, that off-duty cop is in Avon, Minnesota. That is where my in-laws live. My niece and nephew go to high school in Albany. They live in Avon. My wife's sister and, and brother-in-law live there in this tiny little town in Minnesota. So they're, ma- and they're politicizing the fact that he had a concealed and carry permit and he was an NRA guy and he was an instructor. They're just politicizing the crap out of this. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right, okay. The, yeah, that's what, that, that's what the cop did. Good for him. I mean, I don't. I don't think that's it's any more than than any human in that situation would have done with that type of training. I don't think he did it because oh, this is for the NRA. I'm gonna not, you know just just stop politicizing yeah. everything. Yeah. It's you I know the agree. guy. The human nature took over, and you know, unfortunately, eight people were stabbed or nine people, whatever it was. But now the news services and the po- politicians they're all politicizing it. So that's what I want to stay away from. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I've got a lot of friends in other countries, and a lot of those people. Have, have shared with me, you Americans are too uptight. And they're right because we seriously go out of control with certain things and they're just like, dude, just lighten up and make fun of yourselves and each other and just relax. It's not a big deal. Like, and, and you, gosh, yeah. And that's kind of the, that's one thing about the real Brian show that I want is I want people to understand respect, but I want people to relax and I want people to just have fun with each other. Just seriously, take it down a notch, all right? <laughs> yeah, we're here to find out what our special purpose is. Yeah, that, there you go. <laughs> Let's talk about your special purpose. Yeah, I finally found out what it is, and I plan on using it a lot. All right. So uh, speaking might be of... be a paraphrase. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't quite, I wasn't quite verbatim there. That's good. I appreciate it. a job that. I'm going to be working on later. Nice. We are going to talk about that. So part of what I do here is, you know, you got to embrace your inner nerd because uh, we all nerd out about something, definitely. And if you don't, you're lying. So you've got that. And then, of course, we've got that superpower inside of us, that superhero. So, you know, we got to find out what it's all about. And and for you, gosh darn it, you've got a cool story that uh, you're going to share here in a minute about what you got to do recently. But uh, don't don't start off with that. Let's tease it. Let's have some fun with this. But first of all, did you want me to tease my special purpose? <laughs> Go for it. That's a way to get smacked. Yeah. Uh, 
Wait a minute. This is supposed to be a respect. <laughs> hey, it's respectful. It is. It's very respectful. I'm telling you exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm not surprising you with anything. There you go. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. My gosh. First of all, just just tell me something. Uh, okay, I'm going to start you with that question that I always do. You know what I mean? The one interesting, crazy, embarrassing thing that we don't know about you. Yeah, and the first time I actually appeared on ProfitCast, it was the fact that I was a roller derby PA announcer. Which was awesome. That was the first thing. I haven't done that since. I've actually, uh, actually, since that episode, I believe that was 32 or 33. Okay, years uh, ago. Wow. Yeah, Man. yeah. Yeah. I remember, and I actually went to a roller derby event since then, but that's the only one I've been. I didn't work at it. I actually did a podcast uh, interviewing people from roller derby and tried to tie it into what wrestling can learn from roller derby. So I actually kind of, you know, worked my, my inner geeky wrestling side into it and my geeky podcast side into something that I had answered the question on your show. So now let's see. Okay. So that question, I think it's kind of uh, one I'm proud of, actually. It's, it's not super crazy, but I have two daughters. One's four years old and one as we record this in uh, September of 2016 for just uh, historical purposes for those of you that might be discovering this in the year 3035. Yes. And for Very whatever important year, by the way, after you've unthawed Jason X, yes, uh, whatever it is. Um, Ooh, so I, like <laughs> I have two daughters. Uh, they are four years old and two months. As I said, one is Lucy London born in 2012. The other Ruby Rio born in 2016. There's an, and now if you've noticed, where do we just, mm. we just passed Rio, Rio. I was just going to say re, mm. Olympic games. Yes. I, we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. Now, London, 2012. Ah. Now I will say this. Rio was definitely on purpose because of the Olympic games. Now in 2012, my wife and I were, were talking about names and I like alliteration being uh, a journalist and, you know, uh, a, a scribe, so to speak. And like uh, you know, London, I didn't like as a first name. Um, but my wife and I had spent time there. She spent a lot of time there as, uh, as actually she studied abroad in London for uh, six months when she was an undergrad. So we both, and we also spent, I spent, you know, I was going to spend two and a half weeks there for the, like, the Olympics when I worked for USA Wrestling. So we had a tie with one, but I didn't want it to be a first name. And this goes to another geeky part because in wrestling, there are two people that I know, Brandon Slay who was Olympic champion in 2000 and, then uh, Terry Brands was Olympic medalist in 2000. They both named their daughters Sydney because they won their medals in Sydney. And I didn't want to be that guy in wrestling and be like, yeah, well, I'm going to name my daughter London because I, I worked the Olympics. And <laughs> no, I give you the middle name because there's, there's significance to the middle name beyond the Olympic Games. Now, as we will get further in the story, you will understand the significance of Rio and why we went with the middle name this time with Ruby Rio. Mm. Also alliteration, four letters, ends in Y. My wife's first name, Abby, four letters, ends in Y. Lucy, four letters, ends in Y. It's not Lucille. It's Lucy London, Ruby Rio. So that is the interesting, strange factoid about my kids as I they are that. eternally tied to the Olympic Games as well. Very cool. I like that. That's really neat. See, there's thought pro you know, put into it. A lot of times people are like, I don't know, I'll just, you know, name them. Well, I just had to, we had to mark off a list of, and, and, you know, those of you who have kids, especially you guys that sit there and you're like, okay, you've got a daughter and you're going through daughter names and you're going through, you're scratching off every potential name, you know, of anybody you've ever looked at. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, no, we can't be that well, I had a crush on a girl and that was named that in the first grade. Can't do that. Uh, nope, ex-girlfriend, ex can't do that. And it's, it's just, you keep finding ways. I like this name, but you keep finding excuses. 
Uh, oh well, I did go on a date with a girl named that. Okay, wow, I did go on a girl. Yeah, well, yeah. You just uh, trust me. For those of you guys out there, when you it comes time to have a daughter, it's it's a real thing and naming and you come up, you you, you go off the beaten path. And uh, Ruby is kind of old school. Lucy's kind of old school, and I, I like that and I like the alliteration. But I tell you, when you you're picking a name as a guy, you are you are crossing off every girl you ever thought about kissing. I mean, it's just it's just crazy on how that works. You're like a hundred girls later. Dang. Hundred, you give me a lot more credit than I deserve. <laughs> I mean, thankfully for me, the list wasn't very long. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think thankfully the list shouldn't be very long because, uh, gosh, that's that's a lot of baggage. Otherwise, I'm not saying anything against people who've done that. I was in college for seven years, but for completely different reasons. Ah, well, definitely no dummy. <laughs> <laughs> seven and a half years. So, right? Well, you know, you should have gone that extra half year. It would have been better. That's really cool, though. What a great story. And yes, I definitely am looking forward to hearing the the Rio side of the story here in a little bit. Yeah. Would you mind if I took out Beth? B- yes, it's a good idea. Definitely not Beth. <laughs> We're throwing too many inside jokes. For I, people I love this. Just listening to the, the real Brian show for the first time. Well, you know, I think we should let him in on the uh, the inside thing here just because we are both junkies about the movie better off dead which is a an older movie 84 ish i want to say 85 yeah uh, john sack teen coming of age basically um it was the i don't know were there were there like 90s comedy coming of age movie all of them i was thinking had involved freddie prince and crap like that i don't even know i mean this was just one of those movies i, I didn't even watch it in the 80s i watched it in the late 90s crazy summer which still had john cusack and totally. basically played the same guy again yeah uh, hoops who was terrible at basketball i mean it's a really bad movie if you think about it like on a, on, on a yeah i mean on a quality scale it's a bad movie but it's funny and it's extremely quotable but it's one of those really i don't know call them cult classics is that what you want to call it okay yeah i highly recommend at least checking it out don't go in with a lot of expectations but you just, might be uh, able to you find know. it for for 5.99 in the walmart bin yeah or uh you know it might it might even be free on like amazon or, or the target rack next netflix to or something yeah, I don't even know. I don't it's even know where you watch it. Minute time suck. That's what it is. <laughs> it's totally worth it. Especially if you grew if you're about 35. If you're that age, if you're in that 32 to, to 40 age range where you remember, I mean, the pop culture reference, I mean, just the things you remember, you will hear things from this movie. If you've never seen it, you'll be like, oh, I get it now. There will be jokes that that come back 20 years later. That's what that guy was always quoting. <laughs> Even if you're like, you know, 20 or younger, it's still worth watching and getting a, a cultural educational experience. I'm not sure if it'll be a good one, but you know, it's worth it. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. And with the, with the movie, you also get the free book, how to pick up trashy women. There you go. Yeah. Very important. Very important. That's a movie reference. That's not an act. <laughs> <laughs> it could be an actual book because uh, apparently with all the, the names, well, you, you didn't want to name your daughter. On the internet these days. <laughs> exactly. We should rewrite that. Let's let's find another <laughs> podcast book by somebody that's come on the scene for the last 10 minutes. And <laughs> Sorry, going down the <laughs> podcast expert rabbit hole. Oh, my gosh. Well, so that's uh, that's something you did not do. And, and this is funny because everybody is publishing a book right now, which uh, we're not talking about that. But you're right about that. It's very interesting. In fact, I, I was talking to some some other people recently who just also recently published a book and they're starting. I'm starting to now hear the struggle stories. Yeah. For $497. It's like when people would launch a book, everybody would buy it. And now people are launching a book and nobody's buying it. And it's like, maybe it's becoming saturated. I'm not sure, but that's another <sighs> don't write a book just to write a book. Make it I've good. got four or five books that I actually need to finish or even some of me even start that are by people that I know. 
And one of them I need to finish because I'm trying to get him on my show. Uh, interesting is a former college wrestler who gave up a career on Wall Street to go to Peru and fight mixed martial arts. Wow. Interesting story. Interesting I, guy. I just I need bet. to finish the book. Yeah. So, so I can have him on the show because it's like I took it to I took it to Rio on the plane, and of course, nine hours on the plane, I was sleeping. That whole that whole I'm I'm going I'm on a, a tirade right now, Delta, about the whole Rio thing. I can get into that later too, but yeah, but that's a book I need to finish. I've got the new uh, Chuck Klosterman book, who actually had a chance to meet at a book sign. He actually did a reading at a local mom and pop bookstore in Minneapolis like two months ago. I got a chance to meet him, get nice. a book, get it signed. So I'm like, all right. Cool. I haven't even started on that one yet. And he's my favorite author. So, yeah, a lot of stuff with the books. I mean, that's the problem with books. They actually take time. I know. There is no 2x speed on a book. Well, unless you're a speed reader. Yeah, but you have to take a class for that. I know. I know. Yeah, I've got a friend who does that. And he says, oh, it's real easy. I'm like, yeah, not if you don't know what you're doing. It's not. Yeah, I like the 2x thing. I'm usually about a 1.85 because I use Overcast. But uh, that's impressive, though. You know, we could we could clock our uh, our listening speeds. You know, I'm a 1.85. I'm a 1.82. I got to work it up. You know, I think Daniel yeah. J says he's like a 2.2. I'm like, there's no. I mean, that's like the micro machine guy. Yeah. Except it doesn't go into the you know the the chipmunk voice. It just they stay the same pitch. They just go fast, and then it becomes a little uh, indistinguishable. Yeah, I have to slow it down super fast. Uh, super slow to explain. Like, hey, 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 babe, listen to this to my wife. She's like, how do you listen to it that fast? I go. <laughs> I don't have an hour to listen to this show. I have about 45 minutes to listen to this show. <laughs> That's what... I mean, my current overcast notifications, I still got to pick up. Let's see. I, I mean, I'm an iPhone 6 Plus user. I got 69 <laughs> podcasts uh, yet to catch oh up on. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I went through and did a big cleaning on mine because I... Yeah. All right, so, so tell me about All this. Right. Do, would you say that one of your superpowers is speed listening? That is a... It's a trait. It's not Ooh. necessarily a superpower because like a I am not... See, see a superpower in my in, in the way I absorb uh, what is superpowers from those who read the books and the the, the colors and they turn a page and Stan Lee and uh, a superpower is something that nobody really else or few people can possess. I know several people that can listen to shows faster than I can. Thus, that disqualifies me as having I a superpower. see. So it could be like a power talent, but not like a superpower. It's, see, it's 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 a positive trait. I look at a superpower is that it is what, you know, usually people have a couple to a few of these quote talents, strengths, giftings, whatever you want to call it, that sets them apart. And they may, you know, like, for example, I have a couple of these traits that others may have as well, but it's what sets me apart. So what's yours? Well, before I tell you what's mine, then there, then there's the knockoffs, like the people that try to fake it, like Captain Planet. He needed five people to come together to get, Enough to be a superhero. I mean, yeah. come on. Captain Planet was, he was just, he was TBS's aberration, man. That was, no, <laughs> uh, Captain Planet, he's a hero, gonna take pollution down to zero. Yeah, it was oh, gee. I never saw that. You um, never saw Captain Planet. Maybe I'm glad I didn't. It was, it was bad. Yeah. It was, uh, it was almost, that was kind of like, yeah, I was, I was still, I think I was like 11 or 12 when that came out. So it wasn't okay. really, I was, kind of beyond it but yeah you had five traits come together to make a superhero it's like it was like a knockoff voltron ah uh, yes yeah, but but it wasn't like tigers which was cool well see voltron was unique and then everybody came and copied it and it was like all right and then they came back and rebooted it which by the way was quite fantastic i don't know if you I saw also it. learned something about voltron that the, i had the 20 piece voltron and the ti- the five piece tiger one. Oh yeah 
20-piece one was actually not originally Voltron. They just repackaged it as a Voltron because it was by the same studio. Uh, Wikipedia on the rabbit hole will just take you down so many different things. Like, oh, Voltron. Let me find that. And then you spend 30 minutes reading about Funimation Studios or something. I still have the original Tiger Voltron. I mean, the big one in a box somewhere. I was going to say it's in your room right now. It should be. And I need to pull it out of that box if I could find that box. And I need to put it up on my desk because that thing is worth probably way too much money right now. Well, yeah, because then then you actually have an inspiration for this show. Yes. That that is your special purpose, my friend. The Voltron. It's a five foot Voltron. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if it's five feet, but it might be more like a two foot man. That thing was huge. Okay, my superpower. There's a couple of them. Um, One of them that I'm actually kind of really developing more so in my my years is, uh, you know, I've been a public address announcer since I was 14 years old. So at this point, that that gives me 23 years in the business and a professional. I say since the first time I actually got paid to do it, that I was not a high school student was uh, was my freshman year in college, which was 1997. So I'm at 20 years right there. But I was even paid to do events at other high schools while I was at another high school. So I'm the kid from Pocosin High School getting getting paid to go over to Nansen River High School and announce a tournament. I'm a high school kid. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, as a public address announcer, I've done uh, numerous sports, did eight sports in high school, did a number in college. And of course, with that background, you want to get into radio and then television. That was kind of the goal. But um, the last couple of years, I've gotten back into PA announcing. And uh, that's, that's kind of a superpower because... Oh, yeah. Anybody can do it, but it's not easy to do well because yes. uh, there was a local station uh, that did it. I'll get to this uh, more in depth, but a local station did a, a piece on me. And I have a binder that had for the world championships and the Olympics. And I had every country, every athlete, every name, and then fanatic spellings of their name. And it's not like I just looked this up. I mean, we, we, we've researched this. I mean, it wasn't just like, okay, that's what I think it is. So within that superpower is the ability to say the name Ajimid Murad Gadzimagomedov from the Russian Federation and Mongolian names and knowing that Korean names and Chinese names, their naming conventions are backwards. So you say their last Mm -hmm. name first. Yes. Their first name. Mm -hmm. Knowing that, of course, when you take high school Spanish, you know that the the masculine and the feminine last names like, you know, Mian Lopez Nunez, well, it's just Mian Lopez. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to say all the last names. So knowing that and packaging that all together, those, those four or five things, like you said, these four or five things to come together to make a master superpower. So when you put international wrestling competition in front of me, nobody can do it better than I can. So that is my superpower. I love that. that. That's not me being cocky and arrogant, but here's, here's the hook. I was just getting back from Rio. I announced the Olympic Games as the PA announcer, the in-venue English PA announcer. I also announced the Division One National Championships this past year at Madison Square Garden, New York City. I'll set the Division Three championships. Nice. I've signed a contract to do Division Threes again uh, on getting more events and things like that. I actually had to had to had had to turn down or it got turned down. Basically, there was this a financial issue. I would want to go back to my alma mater and announce the field hockey national championships they're hosting, but financially it, it would have been uh, a, a big money loser. I would have loved to have done it, but when you get to a certain level of professionalism, and you know now I've got the Olympics on my resume. I don't necessarily charge what I would have as a college student. So I don't expect to be paid like I'm a college student. So unfortunately, that one did not work out. Uh, that was actually this morning. So I'm kind of bummed that I didn't get that one. But that was more financial. It's like, uh, yeah, it's you, you can't pay me like I'm a high school kid. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that superpower, uh, there's a couple things. That's the superpower. But it all still comes around to wrestling. But public address announcer, when it comes to wrestling, I can do other sports. But that is where 
you know, you're getting Superman there. You're only getting maybe Batman when you put me in basketball or something. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody else and, and just have, having a conversation about that. You know, when you're getting up in front of somebody and you're doing anything live, most people will choke up because they don't have the experience or, you know, maybe they're scared to do it. They don't have the confidence or, or the peace or whatever you want to call it. I don't, I don't know whatever, whatever makes that up. But I do understand that. I mean, I've done a lot of live and in, in front of people kind of stuff. And, and I love it personally. It's like Christmas morning. But to get up in front of a huge group of people and not freeze up or choke up. And, and even like you said, getting names right. Oh, my gosh, that's a big deal. I used to announce basketball games. So, you know, basketball would be my thing. Although I'm, I'm not a professional basketball announcer anymore. So uh, it would be fun to do. But I, I actually kind of missed doing that. It was a good time. But, you know, wrestling, no, I, I, would, I, I wouldn't even be Robin, man. I'd be screwed. But but I love what you're doing here. Screwed or Scrooge? <laughs> Scrooge. I'd be Scrooge. Get up there. Ah, humbug. But I'll tell you what. This also identifies your inner nerd, which is wrestling. Oh, yeah. The and, thing is, there's so many different things with that inner nerd. Oh. It's not just wrestling because okay. I was a sports fan before I got into wrestling. So I'm in, you know, in eighth and ninth grade. I've got one of those like you know, world almanacs or like the ESPN sports almanac. I'm looking at all the college teams <laughs> nice. and memorizing the mascots. And, you know, I mean, that, that, that was, it's kind of a joke now that if I can't name a college mascot, now I have to have to put an asterisk on this. If it was a division one college and those sports fans know what I'm talking about. If I was at a bar or something and I like, Hey, you can, you'll get a drive. I'm like, ask me any division one mascot. If I don't know it, I'm too drunk to drive. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was the kind of nerd stuff. I mean, I knew all the state capitals in the second grade. I mean, I like wow. lists and I could tell you at one point there were 34 different colleges that had the name tigers as their mascot. Oh, but wow. the geeky stuff is basically in the stats because like in the sport of wrestling, we have a couple historians, but nothing's really centralized. And I've, I've created this project recently in the last couple of weeks. And right before the Olympics, I was like, man, I got all this stuff. I don't know how to, I don't want to put it all in Google documents or Google sheets. It's like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to figure out this SQL database stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I don't know how to run a whole lot of queries and stuff. I know a few of them, but basically I've created a SQL database within the last month. And I've just been compiling stats and stats and stats that I have laying around and in various spreadsheets. So I'm geeking out about the stat aspect of it that it's like, Hey, now you can go here. You can find out every all of You can look up every all American from Oklahoma state between the years of 1974 and 19, you know, 90 and pull it up. So I'm, I'm basically creating something that's information for my sport that isn't really available in one place. So I'm really geeking out about the stats aspect of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm geeking out about the fact that no other person in this country does college wrestling standings. And when I say that, it's like you open up the newspaper every day for those of you that actually still get the actual printed edition. <laughs> and there's the actual baseball page where you see yeah. wins, losses, record, home, away. Well, I do that for wrestling. Nobody else does that. And right now, the California Community College is actually their, their junior college wrestling league. That's about 20 colleges in California. They compete in the, in the fall, which is unique. But right now, I'm the only one in the country that can tell you that Bakersfield College went 2-1 and one this weekend because I've got the scores and I've got the results. So I geek out about the results and the stats. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and then that that is, you know, whether, I, I mean, if I had a, a thing for, you know, roller derby, like we kind of mentioned in uh, various circles or, you know, any sport, I would probably be doing something like that. Whether it's wrestling, which just took hold of me, but it's that inner geek about the sport of wrestling, which I love so much, but it's then there's what I can provide from a statistical uh, standpoint or an announcing stand because all this stuff that I'm doing helps me do my announcing jo job better. So I don't have oh, to yeah. like 
I mean, it's usually in my head a lot quicker. I know exactly where to access a, a point and be like, all right, I got it. Yeah. But you know, even, so you even brought in broadcast into this whole thing too. I mean, there, you obviously were, were nerding and geeking out about that as well. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, cause how else does somebody want you? I was like, wow, they bring, what, what do I bring? What can I bring? Cause there are people that probably sound better than me, but do those people, are they going to possess the knowledge to know that that wrestler right there, who that kid is, they're going to look at the single, they're going to know, they're going to look at the coach in the corner and they're going to be able to identify what school that is without actually having to look down at a sheet. I mean, it's those things that you learn on the fly. Um, and that, and that's what you get when like wrestling people hire me, they, they get my knowledge. Sure. And so that's even a really good point right there. And I think, okay. So first of all, I mean, you're, you're, you're a young kid or you're younger or whatever, you know, and you're, you're just geeking out about all this stats and all the stuff. You love these sports. You're having a good time and you're thinking, all right, you get, you know, and everybody, of course, when you're young is like, oh, you could do whatever you want. It'll just be wonderful. And then you hit college and everyone's like, be realistic, get a real job. You know, what, what did you do to, to finally say, I'm, I'm taking all of this stuff that I used to inner nerd out about. And I'm going to do something with this that I can actually have an impact on others. I got tired of working for other people. Okay. And some of that comes with being too trusting because I had two jobs within the sport of wrestling where I was not paid what I was worth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, and this isn't like, again, not me being cocky or anything, but if I worked, you know, my wife always said, if I worked in the corporate world, I'd be making triple probably what I make now on my own. Now I like being my own boss. It, It affords us a lot of opportunities, especially with two young children. Uh, you know, my, my oldest daughter just started three day week preschool, so we can go pick her up whenever we want. Yeah. And, you know, she had some medical issues when she was younger and it just, it allowed me to just kind of not necessarily, I mean, I'm a stay, I'm, I work from home, but the ultimate situation was, is like, I'm doing all this work and it's somebody else is getting the benefit of it. And, and, you know, they, I'm hired as the workhorse and it's, their product is improving because they've hired me. And now uh, I left a really good job at USA Wrestling when I was in Colorado Springs because of the the family situation. Uh, it's not that I was unhappy there. Um, you know, if my daughter doesn't have medical issues and is in the hospital for four months, I may still be working there for all I know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes life takes you different places. But when I came back to work uh, at another project and I, I, you know, I wasn't getting paid and I wasn't getting paid what I was worth on top of that, I was like, all right, I'll take, you know, I'll take the the the, the bump here for a year or so. And then you know, then the money wasn't increasing. We weren't, we weren't seeing what we were doing. And if I, it was all on me to do it yet. I'm not the one signing the check. I didn't control my own financial destiny. So ultimately I said, all right, this podcast thing that I'd started with Matt talk online. Well, short time was the show. And then I was like, you know, I had Matt talk online back in college and Matt talk was a high school wrestling radio show that I did in high school. So, you know, it was that one thing was like, all right, I'm sick of being owed money. I'm sick of basically being the grunt and the work workhorse wherever I've been and not, not seeing the finances really justify it. You know, I could bust my butt and you know, what, what do I get out of it? I mean, there wasn't, you know, there were, there's a team situation. Yeah. But at the same point when, you know, it's like, I I use this reference in varsity blues quite a bit and it's not a movie I like, but there's the, the scene where the running back that has, he's got thousands of yards, but he doesn't have any touchdowns because the coach gives the ball to somebody else in the end zone. Hmm. So it's like doing all the work and then somebody else gets the touchdown. So in, in an individual sport, not a team sport. Hmm. So it's one of those things where, you know, I, I kind of got said, all right, let me try this. Let's see if, because for years people saying, well, why don't you do your own thing? Well, why don't you start your own thing? And I, I had it wrong. I had, I was thinking I had to create the exact same thing that I had done before. No, I created something different than created my own thing. And so Ultimately, when you don't, when you get, when you work a month and you don't get paid for something, it pisses you off. You get <laughs> yeah. kind of jaded a little bit. Oh, so yeah. 
Uh, you know, I'm still owed from my my previous employer, which I don't think I'll ever actually see. But yeah. long story short, I mean, I just my wife's opportunities financially with her her work have, have enabled me to be able to do this and grow the business as you know as my business grows, then the finances come with it. So what everything I do is directly impacted on you know my income. So when I do something like this this database, this stats, the standings, there's that feeling of accomplishment. Now is it going to directly impact my my financial bottom line this very moment? No. But guess what? In maybe 6 months it could. So this is something that it it will eventually help me do my job better, which will lead to get me getting better announcing gigs or television gigs or or creating another almanac that pe- that I that I sell prior to the NCAA championships. Everything I do has a, it works towards the end goal here. Mm-hmm. And there's that feeling of accomplishment that when you do something, you you know you did it by yourself. Sure. So there's something about, you know, being able, like when you put out a great show and you and you rock it. Yes. You know that that was a good show and you rocked it. Just like when I put out, uh, you know, something, some stats or some schedule or something that somebody out there is going to be like, wow, this is great. Mm-hmm there's that feeling of accomplishment because I'm looking at it going, wow, this is great. Not because I did it because now I don't have to sit there and search through a thousand spreadsheets to find an answer to a question that I know I have, I have the access to. Now I can just, you know, here it is. So there's a feeling of accomplishment that comes with it. So ultimately when you lose that, when you lose that with your job, that's when you really maybe start wanting to look in other places. Be like, cause if it's like, "Ah, I don't like, you know, eh, I don't think anybody should just be going through the motions. Oh gosh. And there's so many people that are, well, some people have to do it by necessity. I mean, that's different. That's ultimately there. That should not be your goal in life is like, all right. No, you know, I, I, I'm cool with people doing the means to an end thing. You know, if you got to have a job to pay the bills for a time and all that, you know, I get that. I, and I, and I totally think that that's an honorable thing. It's, it's the people that get stuck and then eventually just don't care anymore. Even though I know deep down they really do. They just, they don't say right now though, if they do this minimum, if minimum wage stays where it is, I might be like, I'm going to go to Papa Murphy's and get a part-time job for a little bit. I can use a little extra money. <laughs> so there you go. In my part, I worked at a newspaper for eight years. And before I went full time, I was making like eight bucks an hour. Oh yeah. Designing two news pages a night. I was like on pressure cooker on a deadline. I'm like, yeah, I could be making more McDonald's here. So yeah. <laughs> But uh, anyway, I know I was actually I was talking to a friend who's, uh, you know, driving people around. He's responsible. He's a commercial driver and, uh, you know, nice service, but he's responsible for a hundred lives and people that stock shelves get paid as much as he does. And you're like, oh, my, that's uh, that's not good. <laughs> Come on. This guy's got to be the point where, where do, you know, people listening be like, what are you worth? It's wrestling. Nobody cares about wrestling. Well, there's a small group of the population that does the, yeah. you know, there's, I mean, it's important to people. I mean, like, just like people that uh, don't care about the NBA, there's people that love the NBA, just like people that don't care about roller derby. There are people that love roller derby, people that hunt, yeah. hate hunting. I mean, that's I mean, it, hence the embrace your inner nerd, right? Everybody has whatever it is that they love and they just, you know, I mean, it's what creates the best them. I mean, Everybody I'm cares about looking at a spreadsheet that's got <laughs> the names of every California community college state place winner going back to 1959. And my goal is to get that up into my database by the end of the week. So that's I can be so like, funny. I've got them all here because eventually I want to cross-reference everything to the another data. I mean, I've got so much stuff that I want to be like, yes, this can be your one stop. And it's not necessarily, yeah. I'd like a sponsor to take care of that, but it's, it's, it's private right now, but eventually yeah. but it's still on the web where I know what it is. So it's like this, these, these, this inner nerd stuff is like, 
It's a thing, man. It There's is. What's wrong with your inner nerd? Yeah. What do you geek out? I used to yeah. geek out about frisbee golf and disc golf like crazy. Yeah. And I haven't played very much. I mean, I got my discs in my car at all times, but I just like. I don't geek out on it like I used to. I just think it's amazing, though, because, you know, I have absolutely zero interest in stats of wrestling teams or anything like that. But I have ultimate respect for the fact that you do, because everybody has that thing. And it's it's amazing. And I'm like, if we embraced our inner nerds, if we just said, you know, what, this is something that I I really, really nerd out about. I geek out about and I know way too much about it and I need to do something with this. Because you know what? If I know this much or if I care this much, it's chance that others don't, which means I can go lead that charge because others care about this stuff. Just maybe not like people care about wrestling. They just may not care about wrestling enough to create a spreadsheet like you've done, which means you're the person to lead the charge. And I love that. Now, here's another another key where it actually directly impacted. And I talked about the Olympic stuff. We haven't we've really broached that too much. But oh, we will. so I one of my first databases that I had this big Fargo one that I did, which is this big junior national tournament in North Dakota every year. Well, I got that done. I was like, well, okay, the Olympics are coming up and I don't want to, I don't, didn't know what my internet access was going to be at the, the head table where I was, my perch was. And it was, I was announcing in English. We had a guy announcing in Portuguese and a guy announcing in French, which three languages, three people, two, one professional and two not professionals really made it one of the more difficult assignments I'd ever had. But Mm. as I assumed, I did not have internet access at the table, but I did have my phone, which uh, thankfully for Verizon, they had this, the the travel pass, which they had five bucks a day for Brazil to actually use your own plan and your own data. So nice. uh, it was only, only cost me an extra 80 bucks for the entire, you know, 16 days I was down there. So with that database now already online, I had gone through and found every Olympic medalist. Um, I'd scavenged it from a couple of different sources and created a database to where, all right, I could simply search country year, style, whether it be Greco-Roman, freestyle, or women. And so I would be during a break, okay, who do we got wrestling for the medals? And then I could be like, all right, this will be Moldova's first Olympic medal in Greco-Roman since 1980. You know, I had all that stuff and I couldn't get online, but I could get it on my phone on my, uh, I I had the access to my, my, my website. That's again, was it's public, but it's not you know, it's one of those things I only, only I really know it exists. And so I'm like, I'm right there with my phone. I'm doing my stats, finding up stuff to say over the PA system during blood times and breaks and, and during times when Mongolians are taking their clothes off in the middle of the, the Olympic Games. <laughs> so all those things I had prepared because I just, I, this inner stat geek yeah. gave me something to prepare while I was doing my superpower, yeah. which was the announcing. And then when there's dead time, okay, what do we do? Well, we couldn't play any music because of something, something real. So I've got stats to read because I researched them. I had them boom, 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 boom to fill the dead time. So that ultimately goes to, that's why people hire me for these things. And uh, yeah, so it was basically just a little bit of a forward thinking, not realizing how it was going to, I wasn't going to say, well, I'm going to use this for my phone. No, I just, it was there. I'm like, I can use my phone. Yeah. It's a responsive theme. Boom, done. Well, and it's important too, because, you know, you are prepared, you're educated, you know what you're going to do so that, I mean, especially in a situation too, something gets thrown at you, you're ready to go. You don't have to go, oh, uh, let me fumble around for the information and figure it out. Although one of the most common questions I got and the little, the eight-year-old kid down the end of the street, uh, he was so worried about me going to Brazil. Uh, This kid's (laughs) name is Jack. Uh, him and his sister, Gracie, and, and and mom is telling me about Jack's so so ready for the Olympics. He's he's ready for it. He watched the opening ceremonies because I left just after the opening ceremony. So I was still in the neighborhood because I got down there. I actually traveled on the day Delta had the outage. 
Oh, Oh, that August 8th, that day? Uh, Yeah, I was in the air trying to go from Minneapolis to Rio that day. So, and this this kid, Jack, he's a good little sports fan. He's running around. He was, you know, was like, hey, are are you going to be okay in Brazil? That was, and then, so the other day I walked down the street with my daughter and I give him and his sister a Rio pin. I got all the kids in the neighborhood, uh, little pins from Rio. Uh, Olympic pins. So, and trust me, <laughs> there are a lot of kids in this neighborhood, and those things aren't cheap. So, <laughs> that's my good deed for the for for the next for the four next years. five years, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to uh, whatever the the Winter Olympics are in Korea. But uh, so he comes back and he goes, so so what did you do when the Mongolians were taking their clothes off? And that's the most common question I've got. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's like I sat there and said nothing. I sat there and I said. Caution in one, your winner from Uzbekistan. That's what I said. I couldn't address anything. I mean, it, it was one of those things that's like, I'm looking over to the, the guys next to me and like, are you, do you see this? <laughs> Wrestling was hardly on anywhere. Like national, got, got very many, got very many, uh, much national play yeah. until the Mongolians started stripping off their clothes in protest. Oh, geez. Oh, so you weren't taking, was, well, everybody else was yeah. doing it. I was going to say everybody's taking videos and posting it on YouTube. Yeah, well, I wasn't. uh, We actually couldn't post any pictures of athletes while we were there. That was one of the Olympic stipulations. There's interesting rules and regulations that that you have as part of the sports presentation team. Sure, sure. But I did photobomb Ryan Seacrest. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, good. Yeah, he deserved that. Let me ask you then. I want to go back to something here in a minute, but um, but let's. I mean, let's just keep talking about Rio. I want to know how the heck you even got invited. Because this is this is part of the whole superhero thing. This is part of your inner nerd. We talked about this. You loved wrestling. You're doing this. You're doing this full time. You you know you announce and uh, you do podcasts for wrestling teams across the you know the across the United States. It's beautiful. And then you land this job to be the official wrestling announcer at Rio. Yeah, it's all about who you know, and I know Crackle. No, um, <laughs> Mitch Hedberg reference there, if you're wondering. So that's actually a story that goes back to like 2014 in all places, Tashkent, Uzbekistan. Okay. So I'm over there. The world championships are in, in Tashkent for God knows whatever reason. I know the reason, but I probably can't say it. Uh, but so I go over there. I'd been doing some broadcasting and webcasting for USA Wrestling. And then I was on my own with the uh, Amateur Wrestling News. And I was over there in Uzbekistan. USA Wrestling helped uh, help with some of the funding. I paid for the flight. And then I ended up doing some work with uh, the International Federation, which is called United World Wrestling. Well, when I'm over there, I meet with the Brazilian president. His name is Pedro Gamofilo. And I met him through the Save Olympic Wrestling Movement. So people, if you remember when the Olympics dropped wrestling in 2013, well, there was this big push to, to get it back. And we ultimately did. And one of the people that they added to the United World Wrestling Board was Pedro Gamofilo, the basically the national wrestling federation president of brazil mm-hmm. i got to know him through that 2013 save olympic wrestling movement through do some google hangouts and things like that so well, we're in uzbekistan a couple months later actually almost a full year later a full year later mm-hmm. and we're sitting there talking and he goes oh this is this is jill the guy's name is uh, Gilles stanoli he is the sports presentation director for wrestling in rio and i was like oh okay nice to meet you here we changed we, ex- we exchanged cards and at that time, believe it or not, my my daughter, my oldest daughter, was in the hospital. She she had had a feeding tube, and we were she had taken it out, and they she had some issues, complications. They had put it, they had to put it back in. I didn't know if I was going to fly home from Uzbekistan mm. like the day before. And ultimately, the we even got change fees waived, and it was still going to be like a fifteen hundred dollar flight yeah. just to get home. And it was like, all right, my wife's like, I can handle it. My wife's a superhero. That's her. <laughs> that's her special. Nice. Her superpower is parenting. She's amazing there. 
But okay, so I ultimately decide to stay. The next day I meet this guy, Gilles, and they and Pedro is working. He's like, oh, what do you want to do? I was like, yeah, I'd like to do anything with a webcast or broadcast or whatever. So that information is exchanged. And then a couple months later, I get an email saying, hey, here's your application. If, uh, you know, that had to go through a tryout, I had to read a script. I had to send a, an MP3 file, which I'm obviously pretty good at because uh, that's what we do as podcasters. We uh, upload MP3 files <laughs> everywhere. So um, then the paperwork comes back in. I get the, I get, you know, I just wait, wait till they say, okay, uh, we have a test event coming up in February. We'd like you to come down. We're going to take care of the flight and put you up. And so when I get down there, I'm thinking I'm trying out for a webcast position. Like, you know, with Olympic Broadcasting Services. And then I get the the paperwork two days before I leave. It says English announcer. And my buddy, Ken, from Virginia, who I've known since I was 15, he's also an announcer. And he was the one of the English announcers in London and had done the, the music in Beijing. So I was not, uh, not going for the announcing gig because that was Ken's deal. Mm-hmm. Well, people do what they want to do. And Ken all of a sudden ends up getting the position I wanted as the broadcaster. Oh. And I end up getting the PA stuff. And he got that decision late. Well, I go down there, I announce the the test event, and then they say, yeah, okay, we want you to come in for Rio. So uh, basically just making the right inroads wow. and then those people hearing me. And I think the ultimate thing that got me to do the PA was in Vegas in 2015. USA Wrestling hired me and Ken Berger, the guy I just mentioned, to be the PA announcers for the World Championships, the U.S. host of the World Championships. And we did that, and uh, we knocked it out of the park. So I think that's where where Pedro in Brazil heard heard me on the microphone there. He goes, no, we want him doing that. And ultimately, I think that's where everything all tied together. So it was a, it was a, a Save Olympic Wrestling movement in 13 that led to a trip to Tashkent in 14, which led to me not going home when I was probably trying to go home for my daughter. And then I ended up staying. And then all of a sudden, the next day, I meet that guy. And, you know, life has a funny way of doing things. So that's kind of the abbreviated version. There's some more emails sure. and, and stuff. But that's basically how it happened. I knew this guy, Pedro. He introduced me to the other guy from Rio, got me to a test event, rocked the test event, and then boom, you know, announced the games. And then having the world championships last year, and then the NCAA, the NCAA championships actually didn't have any role into it because I'd already gotten the Olympic gig. I was actually, I hadn't gotten confirmation until like a couple months before, but I was pretty much knew I was going to, to Rio in March and April when I had also had the Olympic trials. It's incredible. So you really were, I mean, it really was who you knew. Yeah, and well, thing is, if I sucked, it wouldn't have been who I knew. Well, but I mean, it was who you knew, and you know, you well. So there you go, right? It's, it's well, I, I also don't get to know those people if I haven't been working in my craft for a long time. I mean, sure, I, you don't just come off the street and meet the guy who's like, "Hey, I announce." Well, I talked about this on Profitcast a while back because you know somebody was asking me, "How did you get an opportunity to you know interview the actors on stage at Heroes and Villains Fan Fest?" and and it was that same kind of thing. It's like one, I had to know the right people. And, and I did, it was Jason Cabassi and two, but I had to be good enough. Just like you said, you had to work on your craft. You had to be able to do it. You'd be able to handle it. You had to be good enough that somebody would notice you and say, you know, I think you actually may be a good fit for this thing. Are you interested? And then it kind of goes from there. Of course, it's like you said, a lot of conversations and emails and, you know, discussions, but a lot of it is building relationships and getting good at something, but which comes back to embrace your inner nerd so that you can be the best you and then unleash that superhero, go to town, get out there, be the best you be good at it, but you still got to know people. Yeah. And gosh, darn it. People have to like you. That's daggum. <laughs> and that's honestly, honestly, yeah, I'm not the easiest guy to work with in that pressure cooker type of situation because mm-hmm. I've been doing this a long time and there's a certain level of, uh, 
there's there's a certain level of professionalism and and I guess cadence that I expect to be followed protocol, which that word drove me nuts in Rio. But like I worked the NCAA championships at Madison Square Garden. The producer, a guy named Damian Santucci, this is the guy that produces Dick Clark's Rock and New Year's Eve. Okay, yeah, I know this is gonna be no problems for this guy to to you know he got the scripts. I mean everything was just we nailed it. So when when you when you got pros to work with, it makes your life so much easier because. No matter what I've been in wrestling, and I've got had some good producers to work these events with, that guy has got the most pressure cooker job in his his industry. Yeah, and to work with him in a pressure cooker situation, that's probably the most pressure cooker situation in my industry would be announcing the NCAA championships at Madison Square Garden for eighteen thousand people for three straight days. You know, when you have that synergy of people that like minded people, that really helps too. So. Being professional and, you know, it's sometimes not, you know, you, you got to know when to rock boats and rock cages, know when to pick your spots. That's something I learned as I've gotten older. My 20s, man, I'm, I thought I was ready, but mentally I wasn't because I'd be like, this, oh, we got it. This is terrible. No, you just sit there and pick your spots. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'd all, we all like to fight things and I'm kind of like that. I'm one of those guys likes to rock the boat all the time, you know, but sometimes you just got to go, you know, well, all right. They don't, they don't care one way or the other, whatever it is, but I like it. You pick it. Do what you got to do on it. So you get to Rio. Well, first of all, nine hours, Delta outage. You get there, though, which was a good thing. Yeah, my bags got there two days later. Oh, so you were, what did you do, man? I had to buy clothes. I was going to say wearing your clothes inside out kind of thing. <laughs> Dude, I'm 260 pounds. Me wearing Brazilian skinny jeans ain't going to happen. <laughs> You're walking up there. <laughs> I can just see you right now, dude. <laughs> On a pair of pants. I'm like, oh, no, I was trying. I mean, because it's not like you can go to Walmart and get some like dungarees for 15 bucks. It's yeah. like, it's just, I mean, it's a Copacabana. And it was like, all right. Um, um, and for the record, I saw one mosquito the entire two weeks I was down there. Really? Or in my backyard right now, chewing me up than there were in Rio. So uh, mosquito thing overblown because it was definitely wintertime. Now, what about uh, the whole uh, water thing? I drink bottled water. I mean, I try okay. travel enough internationally. I brush my teeth with bottled water. I it's just, it's just, you just get a couple uh, liters of them, have them in your hotel room. And I mean, the shower's fine. I actually uh, shower with Listerine in my mouth just in case. It's just a little precaution. Mm -hmm. It's probably overkill, but you know, I've never, I've had one. Okay. Uzbekistan. I got a little bit of the Tashkent rumble over there, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, for the most part, that's what I've done in every international country. So, I love it. I mean, London, I didn't drink the water out of the, out of the tap. You know, so. that's a really interesting thing about uh, showering with, with Listerine in your mouth. I never thought about that. I was in Taiwan and, and we did the same thing where it's like, at all costs, keep your mouth closed in the shower, tight. Don't accidentally let any water in. And then, yeah, same kind of thing. It's a bottle of water and then, you know, brush your teeth with water. And it was funny too, because even the, um, even the locals were saying that too. They're like, yeah, you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be drinking that stuff. And one guy accidentally did. He accidentally, and, and all he did was brushed his teeth with the tap water was not thinking it was late at night, totally forgot. And he was like, Oh no. And the next day he was in the hospital. Oh, wow. That was, uh, that was that pretty was serious. Yeah. yeah I was just thinking clean. maybe the, uh, uh, that scene from what sex in the city Two movie, whatever, where they Poughkeepsie. I don't know. I'm gonna, the only reason I'm going to admit to seeing that is because I'm married. Yeah. I've never seen it. So I can't, I uh, can't help you on this one, man. I <laughs> full of crap. You've seen it and you know, no, it. I haven't. <laughs> That's one thing. I, those movies You're I never saw. Liar. <laughs> I never did. I call shenanigans. No, I, I, I hey, Farva, what's that place you like with all? The I was yeah. gonna say I can't prove it, but it's it's a true. I never saw it. So, no, I he he did survive, thankfully. That guy. Or else this story would take a real <laughs> real bad problem. I, <laughs> I was you know I was tempted to be like, well, 
you know, he didn't survive, but no, no, he, he did. It was, it was fine. I mean, it, you know, it's we just had to put him down. What, what about, what about like probiotics? You know, if you're just like dumping him, what do you think that would help? I'm just curious. I'm going to actually pretend like I know what a probiotic is. <laughs> I know it's in yogurt, right? Activia. With Jamie oh Lee. my gosh. Yeah. All right. No, that's cool. I was just curious if that, uh, if that would help out, but all right. Well, so, so you survived Rio. Yeah, it was great. Rio was fantastic. So Good. everybody that was worried about this, they're full of crap. I mean, it was the, all the media reports were just, I mean, okay. Yes. They, they were actually true, but in the, the, it was a microcosm of, of there was actually pointless. I mean, it's like, okay. Okay. Hey, Jason, hold on a second though. When has the media ever not blown something out of proportion? Sports media, the last true journalists, in my opinion. Now there are still TMZ style of media spin doctors and stuff like that. And fan blogs and sure, stuff. Sure. Sure. If something happens that if Adrian Peterson runs for 12 yards, he had a bad game. You know, every sports writer in the country is going to write that. Sure. Well, whereas if he was a political candidate, oh, well, uh, this is the Republicans fault or it's a Democrats fault. Whereas yeah. it's like, well, and the sports writers going to say he got stopped. The offensive line stunk. The defense was good. He had a bad game. I mean, it's just one thing about sports writing is you, you, you got you get to call it like you see it. That's true. If you, you put a spin on it, you're going to get called out for being biased. So, you know, that's a really good point. I never thought of it like that, but I, I think you're right that sports journalists really do call it as it is. And I mean, I was actually in journalism and news writing and PR. That's that was my major. That's what I started in. And I got out of it because I was tired of spinning things too far from the truth, because that's what you were taught to do, because that's you don't get a little truth and then blow it out of proportion because sensationalism sells. Yeah, sports information has that. That's a tough job for a sports information director when you're the job is to promote your school. So, yeah. uh, like one year old Dominion, my alma mater, got beat by North Carolina in football, eighty to twenty. That was probably the hardest press release the 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 old Dominion sports information director had to write in his career. How do you spin an eighty to twenty loss? <laughs> um, yeah. Ray Lowry read, read for sixty four yards as Monarchs lose at Carolina. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> You find the one good thing, the one good stat, and you play that up. But yep. that's the one thing that, that yeah, I, I that's one thing that would drive me nuts. It's like, okay, so how did they score all these points? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but so things were not blown out of proportion. I mean, things were fine. Rio was great. Had a People good time. Great. Food was great. Awesome. Um, you know. There was, I mean, it's a, it's a big city. There's a lot of people. There's going to be some smell of the sewage. I mean, oh, yeah. I kept my wallet in the, my front pocket, just like I do when I go to New York city, mm -hmm. just like I do when I go to LA, just like in certain, certain neighborhoods in downtown Minneapolis. You I mean, you don't stick it down your pants in those uh, little, you know, travel belt things. No, it's a wonderful way to know if somebody's getting your wallet. Let me just tell you that right now. I used to, when I travel abroad, that's what I do, man. Sticking in a little, <laughs> I'm serious. Right next to your special purpose. Exactly. But I'm glad, I'm glad you don't, you, you didn't get robbed. Nope. I, know, right. I, had, I knew some people that got mugged uh, or got, got pickpocketed, but I mean, really? it's a, it's a city of like 7 million people. So just the sheer volume of that many thousands of people coming in to mass transit. I mean, the opportunistic thieves are going to be there just like any major event that, you know, how many people are pickpocketed outside of Madison square garden coming out of an event? Yeah. No, yeah, statistically, it's going to happen. Yeah. Just take your precautions. That's what I did. I had no problems. Rio was great. People were great. The Ryan Lochte thing kind of sucked, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so you're, you're doing your, you know, your day announcing that kind of thing. What happens in off time? I mean, what, I mean, what goes on out there? What, what are the athletes even doing on off time? 
Well, the wrestling competition was eight days. Mm -hmm. So we got there. Um, first day we had, it was kind of some downtime recovery and then a, a day to kind of just, I uh, went and checked out some souvenirs and then, uh, we had meetings and then we went down for a practice day. And then by next thing you know, you're there and we had to leave at seven in the morning every day to take, you know, get an hour and a half down to the, the venue. Oh, wow. Uh, Cause it was in a different part of the city and the city's huge. So yeah. it's just, you know, if we took it, if we took without the taxi, we would have gone train, train bus for two hours or a taxi, and then we walk for, you know, once we get into the park, it's uh, Olympic Park, it was still another mile to the back of the venue. So we'd get there around 10 o'clock, uh, but let's see, we'd get there at 8.30 each day. Wrestling starts at 10, we'd be done at 8, mm -hmm. and then back at 9.30, get dinner. Next thing you know, it's, it's, it's 10, 30, 11. So that was pretty much the day. That's cool. A lot of time. And thing is, the Fitbit tells me I was getting thousands of steps, even though I was sitting on my butt for eight hours a day. Well, that's amazing. The amount of walking you're doing, though. Yeah, I'm walking. Regardless. Down the street. <laughs> that's cool, man. Uh, you know, it would have been a neat experience. It's kind of one of those. Uh, do, do you expect to ever go back for the Summer Olympics sometime? I'd love to. I'd love to work Tokyo again. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd well, Tokyo coming up. I'd love to be. You know, I'm 37. So 37. Uh, oh, I'd my. Love, I'd love to be in that situation where I'm, I'm the voice of, you know, wrestling for the Olympics and the world championships. It's just, uh, I got to not piss people off <laughs> and I gotta, I gotta just make sure I still do a good job because this is something I, th I think I'm good at. It is my superpower yeah. in case of the, the real Brian show. And it's something I really care about. So, yeah. um, I'd love to be in that opportunity. You know, sometimes I, um, one of the guys that I met who was, um, he's been like the voice of Alpine skiing since like 1980, well, you know, he, there was two Olympics in a row he didn't do, and then he got brought back. So it's, you know, again, there's people that know people there too. So I, I can't get offended if uh, the Japanese hire a very good English speaker to do the wrestling there. I've already yeah. met their presentation director against all and who, you know, and uh, hopefully I won't, I'm going to be pestering him too much over the next couple of years, but I'd love to be having that opportunity to, to do it. I mean, we had a, a great American guy named Ed Alaverdi that did it for a long time at various international venues. He did it in, in Barcelona. I think he did it in Seoul and I uh, did it in Atlanta. And he was, he was a legend of our sport and he's a hall of famer for PA announcing. And, you know, if I have the same fortune in my career, that'd be really cool. But uh, I'd love to be the guy that does nationals worlds, the Olympics. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I do. Well, you're well on your way, man. And I know you're good at it because I've, I've heard you do it. And, uh, you know, I've heard you do a lot of stuff, actually. So I know you're you've got the talent. You've got the skills. You got the skills, man. You got the touch. Yeah. You got the power. Uh, you know, that's actually sad because that was the song that was going through my head. <laughs> yeah, but nobody wants to reference Boogie Nights. Oh, but I'll tell you what, man. Really, really excited to hear this because it is neat. You know, I, I've, I've obviously followed your journey a little bit just from the podcasting side of things, but it's been neat to see how you took this, this inner nerd thing, this exciting thing that you love and you, you've done well with it. Like you said, you worked on your craft. And I think that's something that, um, not a lot of people really understand that phrase, the idea that you take something that you love and you, you work at it, you work really, really well at it. You become good at it. And then you do something with it that, uh, and it doesn't matter what you do. That's see, that's a beautiful thing about this. You do something with it that has an impact on someone else that other people like, and then even you, like you said earlier, it's a feeling of accomplishment. You know, you're doing the right thing. And then even goes back to something that I wanted to touch on as well. I, I, I had this, uh, well, I don't know if this was a realization as much as a reminder recently that there is one thing that we can't get more of and that's time. And, uh, you know, you can get, I think just about more of almost anything else. 
maybe not, but you know what I mean? Like time is one of those things. You just, it's a constant. You're not going to get more time. It's what it is. And most people I know, either they have the time they want, kind of like you said, you want to have time with your, with your family. You want to make sure that you're available when you need to be. That's important. And then there's other people that are quote slaves to whatever it is that, you know, circumstances, jobs, whatever. And it prevents them from having the time that they want or need with their family, their friends or their purpose or whatever it is. You see people that that's usually the common complaint that I see with most people is they just want more time, Uh, more money. That's great, right? But what does more money offer you? More things, more time, more what? Uh, more money, more problems. That, well, it can be, right? <laughs> it really can be. And so I, I think it's cool because, you know, you were talking that you wanted more time and so that, you know, you, you chose to go down this path. You know, you may not be making as much money as you could in the corporate world, but you have the flexibility and the time with your family. You are having that feeling of accomplishment. You're having the opportunities to now get up there and announce for the Olympics. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a huge success. That's a huge unleashing of your superhero, man. Yeah, what was really cool about it is when, you know, the da- it wasn't quite the Daily Planet covering the, the superhero, but, uh, you know, my hometown paper back in Virginia, they ran a, a story on me about it, and it was on the front page of the sports on the Sunday section. So it was like, I see, I, somebody sends me a picture of it. I'm like, whoa, they put that story on the front <laughs> of the sport. And then uh, Carol Evan, the local uh, NBC affiliate, was down in Rio because the NBC affiliates are all down there and Minnesota had a good, good group of uh, Olympians in various sports. And they find out through another friend of mine who works within wrestling and goes, Hey, did you know that the Olympic wrestling announcer is from new Brighton or lives in new Brighton? So the, the Carol Evan sports anchor, Dave Schwartz comes over and he like the third, third or fourth day we're there. And he does a, fe- you know, does a feature and people back home see it. And now home, home now, Minnesota, my neighbors are talking about it. I mean, it's just like, it was, it was cool to get, to, you know, those things that lead to those type of that type of exposure, especially back home. It was really sure. uh, nice to see the people that, you know, I moved, I moved from Virginia in 2005 uh, to, to leave. And I, I haven't come, I mean, I've been back to visit, but I'm not coming back to live. So mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got a 20 year reunion coming up next year and I'm pretty sure that might be a topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, some people talk about, well, I guess you're going to be pretty popular at the reunion. I was like, well, I wasn't pretty popular in high school. So yeah, <laughs> this one, it was like, uh, yeah. they're going to be like, oh, well, you finally amounted to something, man. They're all going to laugh at you. Yeah, dude. So what, you know, when, when you're, when your neighbors and, and community are reading this newspaper, I mean, what, what was the impact on them? Did you, did, did they say anything about like, wow, that's really cool or wow, that inspired me or, or was it just more like, Hey man, cool. You know, a lot of my friends that commented were like totally not surprised because that was exactly what I was doing in high school. Nice. And like, oh, yep, I could. Yep. I probably would have seen that coming. It's like it wasn't like it was like, oh, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. I would not. You know what? Yeah, that's it's like in my tenure reunion. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm a sports writer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have figured that. You know, <laughs> it's like generally it's like, wow, you're actually doing what you wanted to do for your career. I go, yes, that's cool. So does it inspire others? Have you had other people have actually so. come to you and said, I'm glad you're doing this. Like it gives me hope that it can be done. There are people, you know, I get the the very nice messages from people be like, Hey, they've seen me grow up and, and watched what I've done since I was in high school. And they, you know, it makes them, you know, they, they, they tell me nice things and it's just one of those, you know, I get a card here and there and it's like, it's really nice to be appreciated, but uh, you know, that's not what you do these things for. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it, it let's, let's be honest. It is absolutely so cool when you get a note or, if, you know, oh yeah, not, not necessarily a wall post, but like a, a you know, an email that's, personally or, or a card in the mail or, 
you know, I did an interview with a guy from uh, Sacred Heart University out in Connecticut for a fundraiser they're doing and just got a card in the mail and how much they were thankful that, you know, I gave their program time on my show. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, when, when people that you've known a long time see you succeed and then they take the time to send you something, a note or whatever, that's more than just like, oh, cool, or more than just the thumbs up on Facebook when they actually write it out. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, I had to, I had to basically turn off like the timeline notifications because if everything was getting, they were, people were sharing it and it was basically the same story was repeating on my wall, like <laughs> not stopping. I'm like, wow, people are going to think I'm posting this 800 times. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. I had to put everything on timeline review now. It's like, okay. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, that's cool. I, I really think it's neat. You know, and I, I know you're, you're right about that. Like being completely honest, it is awesome to be able to say, oh man, I, I love the, uh, you know, the notes and the, the encouragement and everything. Cause it really does boost you. Right. But like you said, it's not the only reason we're doing what we're doing. You know, it's, it's whatever that is, whatever that reason is for you, but I'm glad you're embracing it and I'm glad you're doing it. Well, what did, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's end with uh, that typical encouragement kind of thing that I like to do. What kind of encouragement would you have for somebody to, you know, how to not even necessarily how, but, uh, you know, embracing their inner nerd, unleashing their superhero, that kind of thing, like any encouragement at all. You know, when you go forward down the line and, you know, people worry about what they're doing in high school or in college, what people are going to think, who cares? Okay. I mean, what I do is not what I do with the stat stuff is not a sexy thing but it makes me happy. And you know what? It actually turned into something that I believe makes other people happy because I, I can present the sport of wrestling, a sport that a lot of people like, and I can present it in a way that I feel that the athletes deserve to be treated. So ultimately I have an impact on other people's lives, whether they, they, they really know it or not, because I'm just adding a little bit to that exposure. So I, what I did was not a, a cool thing, you know. Oh, hey, why don't you ever? Why don't you play a sport? Well, I, I wrestled briefly, but I mean, I was I was the voice and stats dork for eight sports in high school. Guess what? That led me to the Olympic Games, and you know what? That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. So basically, just don't worry about it. I mean, yeah, people can be rude and cruel sometimes, but just you know, it, it's it's not like it's hard work, determination. Well, no, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna take bumps. You're going to have your ego is going to take a shot. You're going to get a gut check. You're going to have ups and downs. But ultimately, if it's something you care about, I mean, there's there's no reason why you should stop because other people are telling you you can't do it. Yeah, I I appreciate that. And you know what? They're, the naysayers are numerous. And um, I've gotten to a, a point where I believe that, you know, there's there's three categories of naysayers. There's the ones that are, are actually legitimately concerned for you to make sure, you know, let, let's make sure you've thought everything through. And then you've got the uh, the common category of naysayers which is those who have just never accomplished it or never seen it so they just truly don't believe it's possible you know what i mean it's like well i've never had a million dollars so it's not possible Meh. or you've got those that just legitimately want to be maliciously hateful because they're in pain and they want to hurt you but I, there's nothing good from the naysayers i mean yeah the ones that legitimately concerned to say hey, think through it okay cool think through it but then do it I know you agree. I think through it all the time. And you do it. That's the I, thing. I, I, I think it. <laughs> therefore, do it. I, what was it? I think, therefore, I am. And then yeah. there's the the alternative that I used to write on my notebook is uh, I forget, therefore, I'm not. Oh, there you go. I like that. Yeah, if you just pretend it doesn't exist, then it'll go away. Isn't that good advice? Mm, <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no, I know. The good advice is get out there and do it. Like you said, 
relax. Don't worry about what other people are saying. You know, just make it happen. I love it. How do we get in touch with you and, uh, you know, listen to your stuff, all that good stuff? Well, I'm at matttalkonline.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason M. Bryant or at, I don't really do much with my, uh, I'm, I'm kind of do some social, I'm more fun with my personal account. Uh, but if you want links to the podcast, it's also at Matt Talk Online. Uh, that's pretty much where you get all of the 14 wrestling shows on the Matt Talk Podcast Network, 10 of which that I host. And if uh, you happen to be traveling around tournaments, things that I'm announcing, I'll be in, uh, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a comedian here. I'll be in, uh, I'll be in. Cedar Falls, Iowa on November 5th and 6th for the preseason Nationals USA Wrestling event. And then I'll be at the Midlands in Evanston, Indiana, December 29th, or Evanston, <laughs> Illinois, December 29th and 30th at the We're Funny go. Bone. Get there. Yeah. yeah. Go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. You know, free seats for the kids. No, but uh, yeah. So, um, MattTalkOnline.com or at Jason M. Bryant on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, but I'm like capped at like 5,000 friends. So, okay. wow, that's you're annoying. popular. I don't, I, dude, it's so, it's so mad. You don't want to unfriend people. Although there's a little trick. I'll tell you this. If you want to unfriend people, do it. You wait for the birthday notifications and then you look. And if you don't know them, that's when you unfriend them. It's kind of cruel to unfriend people on your birthday. But how else are you going to be able to like purge your friends list? I, does it actually notify you anymore, though? No. I mean, it's just I don't. You just all I of a sudden aren't friends I don't, anymore. I don't know who I'm unfriending sometimes because it, it, if this is the next million dollar sponsor of my show, I don't want to yeah. unfriend <laughs> Uh, anyway, I kind of got to the point with Facebook where it's like, I wish there was a way that you could just connect with people through, you know, a page or I don't know, a, a group or whatever. But it's like there there comes a point where I want my personal Facebook page to be people that I actually know and communicate with on a, you know, a relatively regular or consistent basis, because like there's people in there I haven't talked to for years. And I'm like, why am I a friend with this person? I don't get that. But, you know, Facebook's another discussion for another time. Maybe we should do an entire episode on social media and, uh, you know, personal interaction. That could be an interesting one. Just just talk about it. What do you what do you think about that? Uh, the devil wears MySpace, and the, the face wears Twitter. And uh, yeah, you know, you know, there's so many different ways you can go with social media that I don't know. Is it is it worth wasting our time? Because by the time we talk about it, something's going to change. Yeah, that's true. Our, in, in a year, our ideas are going to be completely different. I don't think that was that's something that's it's honestly social media is just OK. You just do what you do because it always evolves because yeah, I don't have a set yeah. social media strategy and I never have. I just do with what, what I think. OK, well, this is kind of the trend now. I'm going to do that. So I, I think we, I, I, people waste too much time on social media as it is. So let's not. Uh, not pat them up a little bit more. <laughs> no, well, I understand. You know what? I, I'm all for communication and community. I really am. I love that. And that's uh, anybody knows me. It's it's a huge thing. Community is very important. But I think, too, that, um, you know, <laughs> you can't post on somebody's wall or give them a thumbs up and build community very well. You really got to got to interact. Like you said, you appreciate when people send you a letter or actually call you or send you a message or a text or a, an email thank you or cards. whatever. Send yeah. Thank you cards. Seriously. I've got a bunch of them that I just every time something something good happens or like I'll send out a shirt or yeah. something uh yeah they I uh, thank you cards yeah under they're an underutilized thing it's something I started doing in high school oh yeah oh yeah and it's very I've, powerful. I've been doing it ever since uh, you know that and postcards believe it or not hmm. that's true I mean how many times do you go to your actual mailbox anymore and just like yeah right whatever junk blah 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 well, every time I go, I say I get a package or something. My wife's like, all right, which school's sending you a shirt now? <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> you know what like you should do is... wrestling t-shirts at least. Every time you wear one of those on your screen, any kind of video thing, you need to get paid for that. See, there you go. Jason, thank you so much. I, I'm going to start calling you Jason X, man. That's your uh, superhero name. 
And, and again, congratulations on the Olympics and everything that's going on in your life. And appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, man. And uh, you, you, you right there. Keep rocking it. Jason Bryant, thank you, my friend, for being here on The Real Bryant Show and uh, being one of the first guests. What an awesome story. So cool. And then to be able to go to the Olympics. Wow. Anyway, Jason, thanks for sharing the story. Very inspiring. Appreciate it. All right. Superhero Friday coming up this week. I may just have a a guest co-host with me. So you may just have to tune in and find out and see what happens. Next week, of course, I've got another interview. Uh, I've got a lot of interviews coming up. I've got so many lined up. I'm so excited. And what I'm doing and what I'm very excited about with this, and I hope uh, I hope this is something you'll enjoy as well. So yes, I'm going to have people on the show that you've heard of, but I'm also going to have people on the show that you've never heard of probably, but they've got a great story and I want to share it. They're inspiring. They're encouraging. And it's something that I think is going to be a huge benefit to all of us. All right. So here's the deal. As always, I ask if you loved the Real Brian Show, please share it with somebody. That's all I'm asking for right now, but go to realbrianshow.com. Everything is there. Emily's amazing show notes and uh, all of the links and everything. You can get in contact with me. You know, I'd love to hear from you. And a special shout out. Thank you to Josh Rivers, Podcast Guy Media, for editing these episodes. I am The Real Brian, signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.